and if you, I want to be the best in the industry and I want to make an impact in the world, I need to be competent. And to be competent, I need to be self-confident. And this was my biggest win along this journey. It was a journey full of ups and downs. I've learned a lot. I've tried a lot. Things that work, things that I still use when I help people to have more energy and manage their nutrition as well. Things that I've tried that didn't work, but I learned from them. So it was a, a hell of a journey. <laughs> Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is all for learning about human brain performance. His whole life has been a discovery to get himself to a level of mastery and freedom that allows him to live free and happy being different. Along the journey, he discovered his passion for high-performance coaching and how that ties tightly to his mission. Today, he has the blessing of helping high-achieving entrepreneurs get more out of their life. This means having clear, inspiring and aligned goals so that they can stay rooted in their purpose. Just like he does every morning, he wants them to wake up excited to take action instead of overwhelmed and stressed. On top of that, having a high energy brain power is a must for him. So his mission is to help and show you how to ultimately raise your levels of energy, focus and output productivity. My guest today is Jay Gonsalves. Jay, welcome to the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me here. Jay, I'm excited to have you on the show today because I feel like there's so much that we could talk about. You know, you're a high performance coach and your business is revolved around understanding one's levels of energy, focus and output. Now, we know that ineffective stress management is a big contributor to poor levels of performance. So in today's episode, I do want to dig deeper into how you tackle the concept of stress management as a high performance coach. But before we do that, can you give us a, a quick rundown on, on yourself and a bit of a history about yourself? Yes. I'm, I'm really happy to be here today. And just to give a brief introduction about, about myself, my name is Jay. I'm 33 years old. I started a long time ago working. I, my entrepreneurial journey was not my first choice. Let's say I had like a, the regular corporate nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I've worked as a system engineer for roughly 10 years. So something that I discovered along that 10 years was that I love to create systems. And what I've learned on my engineering career is that I could apply the same system building to entrepreneurs. So I can help them build systems around their life and their business. And on parallel with this, we, we have the thing that I'm a maven about anything that is related with human brain performance. So mm -hmm. anything related to performance, I really love it. it. It started a long time ago because I had like in parallel a fat loss journey of 100 plus pounds. So yep, I yep. learned a lot about nutrition. I learned a lot about mindset. I've learned a lot about training and but then i discovered that what i liked most was really the performance side of things so using nutrition training and etc but to put people on the other level like reaching the top performance and i always had this entrepreneurial vein if we can if we can say it like that because yeah. since I, I was a kid i was not 
I didn't grow up with a lot of money. We, we had like a comfortable life. We have food, we have shelter, <laughs> we have clothes, but nothing too fancy. So I always needed to find a way to make a little bit more money to enjoy some of the stuff that I couldn't buy during that time. So this is where I felt that I had like an entrepreneurial journey. So I used the engineering that I learned with my coaching passion, with my entrepreneurial vein to create what I have now, which is called a program called Hack. So High Achiever Convert Kit. Uh, it's uh, a program that allows me to work with entrepreneurs that want to scale to seven figures and they need to get full control over their lives. They need to achieve higher revenue goals, but at the same time, they want to feel a meaningful experience so they still want to enjoy life like you told they they don't want to live by stress mm -hmm. but they still want to enjoy time with their loved ones having holidays having some night outs so finding a balance so stress is really something that comes a lot of times uh, during my discussions with clients mm -hmm. thanks for the introduction mate there's a couple of things that i wanted to talk about there the first was you were a systems engineer for 10 years the second thing was losing the 100 pounds. And obviously, the third thing is the hack system. Let's go to the first thing, which is being a systems engineer. Talk us through the transition from systems engineer to entrepreneur. What was that like? Was there any struggles? And how did that feel like when you did transition fully? If we think about the main topic, which is stress, it was yep. probably the, but the most stressful time that I had my, my whole life because uh, I wanted to coach people because when I was working as an engineer, uh, near the end of my career working as an engineer, I had already a team. So I had already some soft skills to coach people that work with me, but I wanted a different thing. I wanted to have something meaningful. So have an impact in the world helping people to go to another level. I, I didn't feel that when I was working as an engineer uh, on my last like two or three years. And I had already starting during that time, my own fitness coaching company. So I yep, have another yep. company in Portugal, which is a fitness coaching company. And I started it as a side jig. Mm -hmm. So when things were rolling properly in my Portuguese coaching space, I had like two full-time jobs. So it was a complete mess. I was working like 14 to 15 hours a day, seven days a week. And it took me too long to, to make a decision. And this is where some of the stress came for me it was like, I was making decisions based on fear. I was with fear that if I move to my job, if I move out of my corporate job, if I dedicate myself only to my coaching what if it goes wrong? What if it doesn't work? All the what ifs that I was mm -hmm. trying to run away kept me in this stress environment where I was working like a lot. And there was a time where I was like completely pissed off and I thought, okay, I need to stop creating excuses and I need to start thinking about solutions. So I remember I had a business trip for my corporate job. I was working in a project in Qatar and as soon as I entered the flight, I was thinking, I'm tired of this. Yeah. And I remember opening my laptop inside the flight, creating my resignation letter. And as yep. soon as yep. I landed in, in Qatar, I sent my resignation letter to my company. They were like, what? What is this? We don't understand what happened. We want to talk with you. And as soon as I came back, I said, I, I will go all in on the thing that is meaningful for me. I'm going to follow my passion and I'm not going to make more decisions based on fear. So it was 
not an easy transition because it took me a lot of time to have the gut feeling coming to my mind and say, okay, I'm going to follow my instinct and my intuition, but I never regretted it. Never. It's, it's the thing that makes me more happy. I have like a lot, a lot of meaning on what I do today. I woke up every day with full of energy. I love what I do. And all the struggles that you find when you run your own business for me, they are things that I really honor. I honor the struggle of building a business. It's something that for me motivates me. So it, it has been awesome. Yeah, yeah. And that's great to hear because I myself am in a very similar journey to where you were before. I have my full-time job and I'm trying to do something else that's a bit more fulfilling in terms of that side gig and that side hustle. The problem I have at the moment is I've built a lifestyle based on the income that I've earned at the moment. Did you ever get that issue when, because you, you left that corporate systems engineer job, obviously your income has taken a, a bit of a, a, a tank. Mm -hmm. How did you manage that side of things? Because now it's like, if I don't work, um, even though it's fulfilling, I may not ma actually make money. Yeah, that is a really important question. And I remember the month, uh, I when I took my the time and made the decision to switch from the corporate to 100% focus on my coaching business. I was already making some cool money from my coaching business because I, I was working full-time of my coaching business. I, I was working almost two full-times uh, every single yeah, day. So yeah. I was making enough money to feel comfortable with, with the switch. But I remember the first month I left my corporate job. It was the worst month in one year and a half on my coaching business. It right. was the month that I made less revenue and I was trying to keep myself grounded and saying, okay, I cannot be reactive. I need to wait. Things were working pretty well. So I'm not going to make any fear-based decisions now just because it's my first month 100% working on this coaching business and things were not as good as the other months. But what I did was during my engineering career, I make like a good amount of money because I had some international projects. I was able to make good moves inside the company. I had already some responsibility. What I tried to was when I switched to my entrepreneurial focus was making sure how much money I needed to survive like for around two to three years and make sure even though I was not making any money from my coaching business, I could hustle on my coaching business for like two or three years without going broke so that I can remove any fear from my day-to-day -day decisions. This was my idea. So I tried to use some frugality. So I tried to keep my expenses to minimum when I switched yep. to my coaching business. So I just have like the minimum, my house. I was not spending a lot of money on gas or my car because I was working from home and mm -hmm. I I, I didn't cut everything, but I try to keep things a little bit more simple on what regards to my cash flow so that I'm not thinking all the time on scarcity. So the scarcity mindset was something that I was trying to keep out from my life because I know it can affect a lot your decisions on day to day. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Going back to your journey in losing over 100 pounds, before we dig deeper into your high performance um, coaching, Talk us through that journey and how much did you weigh at the start? How old were you and what was that that turning point or that motivation to, to make you lose all that weight? So when I was in college, it was like my second year. Yeah, I was 19 at that time. I hit my rock bottom. I was 121 kilos. 
So I was really heavy and overweight and I was unmotivated. I I had like a a really crappy belief system. So all my life I've believed that what you have, it's what you will have in the future. But there was a moment I remember going on holidays with my family and we took lots of photos. And when we came back, they were seeing the photos and I saw a photo for myself and I thought, I'm not that guy. Yep, yep. I'm not that big guy. And I was so, I, I, I would not say that I was like unmotivated. I was like sad. So this guy, it's the person that I think is a smart guy. How a smart guy can be this much overweight? So I remember the week after I went, I found the gym. I started going to the gym. I start moving myself and consciously I started to cut on the things on the junk that was not making me good regarding the food. Yep. Slowly I started losing weight and it was not like, it was not an overnight success. It was not like 100 pounds of fat loss in two or three weeks or two or three months. It took me around five months to lose all the weight because I approached it steadily. But the biggest change was not the weight. Honestly, it was my identity, my belief system, my sense of self-worth, my confidence. It was what changed most. And of course, you can notice on my physique because it changed. I have lost a lot of weight. But the thing that I, I'm more thankful for is like my identity, the way I see myself. And I'm, I'm really self-confident because confidence breeds competence. And if you, yep. I want to be the best in the industry and I want to make an impact in the world, I need to be competent. And to be competent, I need to be self-confident. And this was my biggest win along this journey. It was a journey full of ups and downs. I've learned a lot. I've tried a lot. Things that work, things that I still use when I help people to have more energy and manage their nutrition as well. Things that I've tried that didn't work, but I learned from them. So it was a, a hell of a journey. <laughs> Yeah, and it's really interesting that, you know, when we talk about fitness and going to the gym, it's you're technically putting your your body through a form of stress. But then that physical stress and what that does overall in terms of health benefits actually just becomes a more of a a you stress and mm-hmm. the the compounding effect of that feeling, right? It leads into what you're saying competence and confidence. Let's talk more about your high performance coaching and and what you do at the moment. What does high performance mean to you? For me, high performance has a mix of different skills. So there is a kind of science behind it and there is a little bit of art as well. So on the art is making sure that you have the mindset and the strategy on top of the mind from what you want to achieve in life. So feeling joy along the journey and finding the fulfillment, it's one of the most important parts for me on what regards to high performance because it's the kind of internal energy. So when you know your purpose, when you know what drives you, you, when you know your why, you feel energy because you know that you are doing things that move you to your end goal. And that end goal, most of the time, is nothing material. It's an experience. You want to feel joy. You want to feel loved. You want to feel accepted. You want to belong. All these kind of things are really the art behind it that I want to work when I work with someone regarding high performance. Make sure that I have art, the meaning, the purpose, the achievement. But then we have some tactical skills that are really important as well. So uh, what I do, the most important skills are making sure that we have clear goals, 
-hmm. So that we have like a GPS, we know that we are on point A and we want to move to point B and we know what is the fastest route to reach there. Mm -hmm. Then in order for us to have the best performance possible, managing time, because time is one of the biggest sources of stress, because the only thing that you have that cannot go back, it's time. As soon as it passes, it passes and creates a lot of stress when you don't own your schedule and when you don't own your day. So time is one thing. Brain power is another thing. So the ability to work on the high return tasks and the tasks that you want to be the better or the best person in the industry. So when you want to make an impact, you need to learn things that will give you specific skills on your zone of genius. Yep. And then managing your attention is something really important as well because our brain is wired for prediction. So most of the time you are lost in time. Yep. You are either looking back and trying to think about past experience or you are looking forward and trying to use the past experience to create a prediction of the future. And this creates huge amounts of stress. Mm -hmm. This creates huge amounts of anxiety, worrying, so a lot of things that I feel entrepreneurs get into the trap is they spend like so much time thinking about possibilities and scenarios in the future that they don't play their game now. So these are basically the main pillars that I think are really important to achieve high performance. Yeah, when it comes to high performance and stress management, right, they're very similar in a sense that if you don't have good clarity in where you want to go, your direction in life, maybe in life or in business, then it can cause you stress. You can't, if you don't manage your time very well, poor time management is a, a big factor in causing stress as well. I want to bring to your attention brain power and focusing attention. Is there any quick tips for someone who loses focus quite easily um, when it comes to doing a task or staying attentive in terms of completing a task? Do you have any quick tips on how they can improve their attention? Yeah, so we have uh, uh, something that we call in our coaching program, which is called DIM, Deep Immersion Method, uh, which uses some, some of the concepts around flow. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. flow, it's like an advanced state when you manage your attention. So before going into flow, if someone gets distracted all the time, the best way to increase your abilities to stay focused is minimize distractions so it's yep. looking to the other side so building an architecture being the architect of your life is the best way to start having some wins so reducing all the distractions like in your explorer in your laptop minimizing the number of windows open minimizing the number of notifications from your phone uh, having specific slots every day where you program yourself to work on deep work i i don't believe that you need to spend too much time doing that but start Easy, like every day I want to schedule 30 minutes when I'm going to have no distractions and I'm going to work on my most meaningful tasks. And as soon as you learn how to do it, how to use this, this time properly, you can start adding like instead of 30, 45 minutes, instead of 45 minutes, it's one hour. Then I start adding two sessions a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. And this is a question of practice because to focus, you need willpower. And willpower is like a muscle. And like a muscle, it grows better with repetition and over time. So you go to the gym, you work, work on your biceps, the same 
same thing applies here on a willpower to be able to maintain your focus on the task at hand. But as soon as you manage your focus, the next step will go to work on flow. And to work on flow, one of the things that I love about flow is that people hate to do the struggle. Struggle is the early phase of flow. Flow always starts with struggle. So as soon as you learn what are the triggers and the phases of flow, you can get in the flow easily because you program the times, you remove distractions. And one thing that flow has that I think is really important, it's important to have some stress. It's important to have some cortisol running because you need to know what are the implications of not doing the task. That is something yep. that most people don't think about it. Imagine that I need to write an email, an email to my email list to make sure that I talk about a new blog post or a new video and I'm struggling to start or I'm procrastinating. I want to do other things or see a video or go see Netflix or listen to a podcast. But if I think about the consequences of not sending the email, this cortisol, this concern, if it is not too much will help me go in a higher concentration mode, in a high focus mode, in a deep flow mode. Yeah. Talking about flow as well, I noticed that sometimes when I know exactly what it is that I, that I need to do, that is a lot easier for me to get into flow. And you don't even realize it sometimes when, you know, you sit down on the computer in the morning, you're like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And this is how long it's going to take me. I know exactly where this needs to go. You know, it becomes a lot easier and sometimes time passes and you're like, well, I, I just did this and I just don't know how I did it. But so understanding that, my next question would be when you're talking about deep work, would it matter if you did work in the morning or if you did work at night? Just to underline something that you said that is really important, structure, it's really important for flow. Yep. Having a structure and know exactly what is the task at hand that you want to use flow, it's really important. And that specific task not only needs to be structured, but it needs to be challenging. So it needs to be a little bit out of your comfort zone, but not too much, just a little bit to make sure that, again, it stretches you enough for you to be concentrated in the tone that you don't feel it's boring. Regarding energies, I've tried different things in the past and I don't think we are all wired equal. There are different concepts around that. There is a cool book, I think it's The Power of When, mm -hmm. that talks about chronotypes, so the different kinds of people and their circadian rhythms. What I felt, and it's a simple exercise that anyone can do, it's like monitoring your energy levels during the day for three to five days. Really simple. You wake up, you pick a, pick a piece of paper and a pen and you write like the hour I wake up and every 30 minutes, I write down my energy levels from zero to 10. Really yep. as simple, like zero, no energy, 10 maximum output and maximum energy that I felt. And I do this for three to five days. I do this with my clients with an automated uh, software that I've built, but uh, it, it can be done like with a piece of paper. You do it like for three to five days and you will find patterns. Yep. This is something that I think it's important when you are creating a system is find patterns. Imagine that I discovered that you have high levels of energy in the morning every day between nine and 10. So probably if we want to take the most of your energy and focus and attention and productivity, we want to schedule an activity for you on that specific time. But imagine that you struggle to, to do something new. 
probably we want to put something new that requires more energy on that specific time. And mm -hmm. this is called biological prime time. BPT, which is biological prime time, is really important. It's one of the exercises, the exercises that will give you uh, an immediate feedback on how to create your schedule. So I use both in, uh, I use like the time management and the energy flow from this specific person to find which activities we can fit in this scenario to make sure that they get the most of their time. Because when you use the high energy levels to create something, you can do in one hour what probably would take you four hours. And that, that is really simple. Just write down three to five days, every half an hour, your level of energy. Anything that is above seven or above eight, you know that will be the best times to generate things because you know that you can produce a lot of energy. And when you have enough information, you will see patterns. So every day between nine to 10, I have this energy. Between five and 6 p.m. every day, I feel like another rush of energy. And if I mm. find a pattern, I can use this pattern every single day on demand. Yeah, yeah. I want to take you back to when you mentioned that you need to test your energy levels throughout the day over different periods. I used to think that I was a night owl. Um, you know, when I was back in college, I used to sleep at 4am and I used to do some deep work between 1 and 3am. Recently, I tried to do the morning wake-ups, you know, 4.30 to 5.30 around that time. And I previously tried to do that many times throughout my years and it would never work out. And I think one of the reasons why it never worked is because I didn't give it enough of time to kind of my body to adapt to that time period. And now I wouldn't change a thing because my body clock is 4.30 to 5.30 every single day, no matter what time I sleep the night before. And my energy levels between, you know, 6.30 to 9 is, is unparalleled. I do some of the deepest work at that time. But it took me roughly 17 days to get to that point where I was able to get up a, a bit easier. How would someone approach a challenging task when their biological brain is, is, is tired? You know, if you go through a slump at 2 p.m., how would you recommend they approach that tasking or you know move forward from that so i would address in different ways so first i will understand on the energy if it is something related to nutrition because a lot of people face this because they enjoy the lunch one hour before and they don't do like the best food choices yeah. <laughs> and then they feel the 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 slumps after lunch but even though if even if your choices are not perfect regarding nutrition if you go for a walk if you do something that keeps you active physically you will feel more energetic and what i like to fit in these specific hours imagine that i found myself between two to three i need to be working but i don't feel a lot of energy fit in that specific zone and that specific window shallow work and what is shallow work things that don't require a lot of attention like answer simple emails uh, archiving emails organizing your folders things that are you need still need to do them yeah but they are not as relevant and as they don't have the same priority as the other stuff but most of the times before going to shallow work i would go out go for a walk 20 minutes walk, you can go and listen to a podcast and then come back and start working. You'll feel better because you move yourself. If you face that you still struggle to go to work, sometimes enjoying, for some people, power naps can work pretty well. I'm not mm -hmm. a huge fan of power naps. I can do them quite easily. I can just sleep 10 minutes and I feel okay. But 
most of the times my sleep quality and my time and my schedule, I don't need to take any power naps during the day because I really feel energetic since I wake up till the time that I go to sleep. I feel full of energy during my day. But I would say, first, move yourself. Second, plan um, a low return task and low energy tasks for these specific periods of the day because as they require less attention, less focus, you can work on them during these times unless you are on the next level. So wh- what I say to people, when you are the next level, you don't have a lot of low return tasks because this is where you learn how to DEA, delegate, eliminate, or automate, and you start delegating these tasks and this shallow work to an assistant or someone that works with you and you don't have a lot of low return task and what I see to people when you don't have low return tasks work like this just go enjoy your time go out go have a walk take a book and just read and study do something fun because being an entrepreneur it needs to have some fun behind it because yeah we left most of us left the corporate life a nine-to-five life to find freedom and if we feel in prison working our own business is that different from having a corporate nine-to-five that's right that's right and that's something that i'm still trying to work on right because you know for every free hour that i get i feel like there's there's something that i that i can do to improve business or scale or grow there's always these different pathways that you can take as an entrepreneur and it's almost uh, the fact that because you have so many ideas and you're, you want to spark ideas that it could be a downfall when it comes to taking that time away and just enjoying life and taking the present moment. Yeah, I think I had times where I felt guilty for having free time. I remember right, I, yeah. I have free time. I, I feel guilty. I should be working on something else. No, this is the, the, the good part of being an entrepreneur. Sometimes you need some free time and let your mind wander. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you probably felt this before, but do you remember a day that you went and you had a shower and an amazing idea popped on your mind when you were having a shower? Yeah, I get that at least once a week. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> that's, that's the best time for kind of deep thought. <laughs> because you leave your mind wandering. So your mind has enough space and time of not thinking anything else to bring information from your subconscious mind to your conscious mind. And if we are always plugging information in our conscious mind, we don't have, we don't have enough time to your mind to communicate with the subconscious mind and bring some information to the top of the mind. So when you can enjoy a walk around sometime alone. So I say this regarding purpose. When people ask me, how can I find purpose? How do you know someone better? Spending time with them. So it's the same for you. Spend more time with you alone. No podcast, no book, no music. Just spend 30 minutes with yourself every single day. Go for a walk if you want to go for a walk and just stay with yourself. Nothing else. Just think about your thoughts. Think about your emotions. Think about what you want, but listen to yourself. Go to know, go and know yourself better because it's the best way that you will find to find your purpose. And this is something really good because when you start to let go this guilt and these feelings of uh, I should be doing this to I want to do this, they are completely different because you should do something when you have like a corporate job and people dictate the rules and they are not your rules 
But here, when you own your company and when you own your business, you can dictate the rules. So make rules that are good for you, that you can have time to work, you have time to learn, you have time to fulfill clients, and you have time to lead your cause. Mm-hmm. Because being a leader, being a, uh, making an impact, you need to take this cause to a lot more people and you need time for that. You need time for reflection. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why we all want to be entrepreneurs is because we want that flexibility to manage the business the way we want to manage the business, the direction that it goes, the way we want it to go. And we often lose lose sight of, of that flexibility because it's about we need to be 10 steps ahead when we just need to be one step ahead. You know, that's a, a journey and, and a long-term strategy that we need to focus on. And we always, always lose sight of that. What's your, what's your thought on coffee? Because, you know, we're talking about high performance and productivity. Do you drink coffee? What's your approach to it? So, like I've said several times in some posts, I was almost addicted to coffee. I had too much coffee. I had never felt um, side effects from coffee, but I knew I had too much. So, I had like around four expresses a day plus two long americanos a day so i had yep, a lot of yep. coffee in the past but i worked a lot and it was a way to keep my energy high but what i can say today with the different uh, management of my energy and from what i've learned over the years is that using too much coffee it's borrowing energy later in the day so you may feel uh, energy high in the morning but later on you will feel the crash it's just how caffeine works in the body i'm not against coffee i think you feel if you feel good with coffee i will just make sure that i keep coffee in the morning so until your lunch time it's okay one two coffees in the morning it's okay because you still have plenty of time to eliminate all the caffeine and go to sleep because what concerns me most about coffee if it can affect my sleep quality i know that when i affect my sleep quality i will affect a lot my work because if i don't sleep well i will face a lot of problems the, the best investment for me over the years was to get my sleep as better as i can because i can bring a lot of new stuff because of my sleep i can think better i can make better decisions i can have more energy i can be more aware live more in the present have less stress so i'm not against coffee i think a lot of people drink too much coffee but i saw over the last i would say few months or years a lot of people completely against coffee like coffee is really a bad thing i don't see coffee as a bad thing because there are so many studies around coffee and is one of the most proven things on what regards to performance it's proven when you drink Mm -hmm. coffee your performance gets better Mm -hmm. there is a withdrawal effect and there is a crash later on but when you have coffee you have a performance boost so if you need a performance boost or if you need to work like imagine that you have a milestone you need to finish a project and if you need to finish a project, you need to work one, two, three, four more hours during two or three days. Having a coffee to help on that, it's a small investment. The thing that I tell people is like, you always need to know when you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to other thing. If you know the consequences of your decisions, 
things will be good because you know what you did, you know the causes and you know the effects and you can recover later on. So mm -hmm. my thinking about coffee, if you like it, just make sure to have it early in the morning, as early as possible, probably before 12 p.m. is the best because it's until lunchtime, it's still good. And later then, I will enjoy tea or I will enjoy decaf which is still an option if you just like the taste. Most of the time what I drink is decaf because I like the taste and mm -hmm. I still have the mental feeling that I'm drinking coffee, but I'm not drinking any caffeine. So it's my, my preferred choice at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And it's all about understanding how you respond to caffeine and strategically placing, I guess, when you drink it, if you are having a, a stressful day or you need to complete a task that has a, a quick deadline. So I understand that performance side of things. And we've always had those days where we accidentally have too much caffeine and we struggle to get to sleep. And that, you know, even though our body is, you can say, exhausted, our mind's not. And that in itself is um, a bit of a, a pain to get through. But we never learn a lesson, right? We still get those days where we drink too much caffeine. We rinse and repeat. Talk us through some of the challenges that you were having or you're going through at the moment. We know that COVID-19 has hit Europe quite heavily. I know Spain was hit heavily as well. What was it like in, in Portugal and how did it affect your business? And what are your thoughts moving forward? So happily, Portugal was one of the less uh, affected countries regarding COVID. Yeah. Happily, compared to Spain, there is no comparison possible because Spain was really bad. And in Portugal, as we closed the borders, there was not a lot of people coming from Spain to Portugal. So we were not that affected, luckily. Yeah. Regarding business, at the moment, I work mostly with entrepreneurs. What I notice is that I still have people coming and contact me to work together because entrepreneurs, like I will say, long-term thinking entrepreneurs know this is the time to build an audience this is the time to work and provide value to your audience and a lot of people were concerned because we are not making sales or we are not having as much uh, sales calls as we had before it's normal because there is a crisis going on but this is the time to show up as a leader and lead your people. And this was exactly what I did. I choose this time. I want to lead my people, not only my clients, but all, all the people that trust me, all the people that follow my work, that believe the things and follow my cause. This is the time for me to be a leader. This was my, my mindset to approach this pandemic. But the biggest struggle, honestly, was seeing people around me, people that I love, living in fear. I took all this COVID with a real proactive approach. So I'm not going to stress too much. I cannot change the world. What are the smallest actions that I can do to make a difference? Isolate yourself. Okay, done. It's a simple task. I just need to do my task every single day, avoid contact with others and just do my work. And what cost me more, my biggest struggle was seeing people that I love that don't have probably the same way of seeing life that I have at the moment, that they were really getting crazy in fear, that they were going to lose their jobs, that they were going to die. And all this uh, scarcity and fear mindset, it's really something that can first create them problems because they will interact bad with other people because you are not good at communicating when you are 
in a fear mode, and they cannot think in, about solutions because when you activate your amygdala, when you are under lots of stress and lots of fear, you cannot be creative. And if you are not creative, you cannot create solutions. You cannot pivot or something about your business or your future that you can think about now. And my struggle was honestly seeing others around me that were too much stressed during the period. I, I'm not saying that this period was not critical. It's exactly the opposite. I think that people are really reactive overall. They have a stimulus and they have a reaction. And they don't use the, the time between stimulus and response to take a decision on how do I want to approach this situation? Because the reality is the same for all of us. The reality is the same. But the way we interpret this reality, the way we approach the reality, the way we decide what we are going to do with this reality, which is just a perception, it's completely different from person to person. My, my biggest struggle was seeing different perceptions from mine, but taking them really down almost a depression. Yeah, and I think one of the positives that we can gain out of this is that the stress caused or the reaction is all because we've chosen to live a lifestyle that we cannot sustain if something was to happen, right? You know, if you're working a good corporate job or every time you get a promotion, there's a bigger bonus, you, you go out and you buy a bigger car or a nicer house, right? It's, it's one of those things where you don't take a step back and say, well, do I need to be spending all this money? right and i think it's going to be a positive for a lot of us because it's taking us back to the necessities in terms of well do i really need a nice car with leather seats or can i pull back so that when this, the time does come that i am struggling that i'm able to support not just myself but the people around me yeah i love it 100 percent. i think most of the time all these cars all these material things they are just distractions they are just a way for most people not thinking about finding something meaningful for them because let's be honest it can be fun to have a nice car but you drive it one or twice and after one or two rides it's the same like any other car and a house it's just for the sake of having a house if it is not to if you say i want to have a cool house because i want to retire my parents i want to take move my family with me it's completely different because you see there is an experience behind the goal there is something that you are going to feel but when the goal is just materialistic this kind of people will get nuts because they will see they will not be able to have all these material things over the next month but i i really agree with you this was the time for reflection and people to understand uh what they have been living over the last years because this this is really new during a lot of thousands of years we were not rich. We just live in small communities and we fought for living. We just planted things, we hunted, and this was our life. Then in a few hundred years, we have access to everything, easy food, kind of easy jobs. There is not as much poverty like it was in the world like a few hundred years ago. So we have so many things and we are still always stressed and concerned that something is going to be missing in the next few years that is really like an evolutionary glitch if i can call it like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it you know it comes down to also the media and uh, the paradigm shift 
of the internet and information age where we just want information now. We want answers now rather than thinking of the, the long-term game and the long-term strategy. Talking about reflection and, and long-term strategy, what's next for Jay Gonzalez and where do you see yourself and your business in the next 12 to 24 months? So I want to keep sharing my views around high performance. The thing that I'm going to fight for and I'm fighting for is that you can hustle. There are times for you to hustle and to work hard, but life is more than working and you need to find ways to keep yourself fulfilled over over the, the life of your business when you are growing and growing and growing, making sure that you have other things that you love, having hobbies, having family, having friends, have a social empowering network. And over the, the next 12 to 24 months, my focus will be to take this message to more and more people. I'm really happy that I have been able to know a lot of new people. I have received amazing uh, invitations to come to like this podcast. I have a another two lined up for the next few weeks. So my goal will be to impact a lot more people on how they can on their day, on their schedule, make an impact, make profit to provide the experience that they want and their loved ones want, but still enjoying life. This is my goal of the next one to two years. Yeah, and I totally agree with that in terms of making an impact in people's lives because if you... The fulfillment you get from directly impacting someone's life in a positive way, there's nothing like that. And, you know, when someone comes to you and sends you a message out of, you know, thin air saying, you know, they've seen your content, they've, they appreciate what you do, you know, you've, you've managed to get them out of this struggle or this hole, there's nothing actually like that. And I've had one or two occasions like that. And that's one of the reasons why I've started this podcast is because I want to make sure that it's not just about the internal success, but also the external impacting and sharing of knowledge to make sure that you kind of leave a, a legacy as well. This is something, I think it takes some time. I think at the beginning, I don't know if everyone knows what moves them. Mm -hmm. So some of the people that start a business, they just want to escape the nine to five. Then they are on the bottom of the Maslow's pyramid of needs. So they just want to make money on their business to have enough money to survive, to have food, to have shelter and to have some clothes. But Along your path as um, an entrepreneur, I think you find different ways to have motivation and meaning with, okay, I have enough money, I have my house, I have a, a car, I can move myself, I can enjoy life. Uh, how can I help others to have the same? Yep. So when you use this, okay, I earn, now I give. This is something for me that is really important. I earned it, now it's my time to give it back to the community. So it's the way I found to create, like you said, the legacy and a message that can survive after I'm not here. So if I'm able to pass this message that you can have an amazing life, enjoy life, create a profitable business, but still have the freedom that made you choose this entrepreneurial journey, my message was clear, my message was passed and my mission was accomplished. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Jay, we're just running out of time. Do you have anything that you'd like to mention uh, that we haven't spoken about? No, I think we spoke almost um, 
about most of the things I think that, that are relevant for an entrepreneurs and all about stress. We talk about different types of stress. Uh, we talked about acute stressors, some chronic stressors as well that are very typical for entrepreneurs. But if anyone have some kind of doubts or something that they want to share, just make sure that they can reach out to me and ask me directly. I will be happy to reply them. Yeah, yeah, and it's great that you're you're sharing your your message and vision and mission to as many people as possible. Jay, to our listeners, I actually got connected to Jay via a, a previous guest, Brian Choi, and at the end of his episode, I asked him if he needed an an accountability partner, you know, because I I wish him success and I believe he will achieve massive success because of his ability to kind of be external and speak to people. So I want to put the offer out to you as well and maybe get you back on the show in about six months' time as a way to keep ourselves like accountable for our actions, just to see where you're at and the journey that you, you're going through. What are your thoughts on that? Count me in. I will be here in six months and we will probably laugh about the COVID because I think in six months, it will, this, all this thing will look small compared to the time frame so i will be happy to yep. come back and discuss some other subjects regarding high performance i will be really happy to be here fantastic jay thank you so much for being a part of the show i wish you massive success thank you tommy i hope i hope that you continue your work it's amazing i keep following all your interviews and all your podcasts there you have it guys thank you for tuning into the stressless entrepreneur podcast with me your host tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at the stresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.